known by love and becoming a voice of hope are shared with the world every week. We hope that you enjoy this podcast and will join us live on Sundays at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, online or at the historic Fox Theater in beautiful downtown Pomona. We also host humanity groups that meet all throughout the city and online to continue the conversation and support you in your ongoing spiritual journey. Find one near you by visiting humanitychurch.com. If you would like to financially support this podcast or the ongoing work at Humanity Church, you can text any donation amount to 84321. Give directly from your phone. Now, here's this week's podcast. One of our tenets here, our values, part of our mission statement even here at Humanity Church is that we are people that are committed to live by faith. And here's the thing that's interesting to me is that it's not like some people live by faith and other people don't live by faith. Living by faith is not just for people of faith. That every single one of us are people that live by faith in some way, shape, or form. In fact, living by faith is actually a critical part of what it means to be human. It's part of what allows us to keep moving forward. There's, there's small acts of faith that we engage every single day. I mean, simply sitting in your chair was an act of faith. Getting in your car was an act of faith. Putting that food wherever it came from in your mouth this morning was an act of faith. Believing that it wasn't going to poison you. There's all kinds of small acts of faith that we take every single day to move us forward. And then there are actually large areas of faith that we live in that we mostly keep ourselves blind to because because if we were constantly aware of them, it would drive us crazy. Like not knowing where the economy's going or not knowing if we're gonna have a job in the next year or not knowing the status of our relationships or not knowing what that other person's going to do or not do. There's all kinds of areas of faith that we step into that we trick ourselves into thinking that it's a certain thing to keep us sane in life. But we are people of faith. And every single major decision that we step into in life requires some type of leap or leap of faith. And here's the thing is we actually have no idea what tomorrow will bring. We do not know what the next day is going to look like or who will be with us in that day. And we cannot, as much as we would like to, predict the future. We, we can't, nor can we control every single outcome of our lives and our kids' lives and our friends' lives and the world around us. And this horrifies most of us. The reality that most of this life is out of control and most of this life is a giant leap of faith. We don't enjoy that idea too much, at least in this existence, mostly because we as human beings are bent towards survival, that's what we're actually designed to step into. We, we, we have a drive to keep ourselves alive. Whatever will keep us safe, whatever will keep us alive, we tend to design our lives around those things. And so when we look out at the world and we see an opportunity to risk, to step into a space of faith, to, to take the leap, it's not very exciting for most of us. In fact, for most of us, we pull back or we try to figure out how to mitigate all of the risk that is involved in the leap of faith. We calculate all the risk that's involved in the relationship and our finances and our faith and, our, and, our, and the people around us and what we are called to give ourselves to, and we attempt to control it and mitigate it as much as possible so that we can have the outcome that we want. How many of you notice that we do this in our relationships? that we attempt to mitigate all the risk involved in the people we love. We gauge whether or not we will even have a conversation with someone based on if we believe we can survive the conversation. Isn't that crazy? I mean, how many of you have refused to have conversations with someone knowing that 
On the other side, you will still be alive. Like your heart will still be beating. You'll still be breathing. But you refuse to have the conversation because right over here, it feels like you're going to die if you have the conversation. (laughs) If you engage that arena, if you have some uh, space in the middle of that. And so here's the thing. In those spaces, most of us are not evaluating whether or not we are going to survive. We're calculating whether or not something else is going to survive. Like our control in the relationship or our level of comfort that we live in the relationship, or our ego in the relationship, or our need to have things turn out a certain way survives in the middle of this. See, when we find ourselves bent towards survival, when we are called into these spaces of faith and risk and stepping out into the unknown, when we avoid those and are geared more towards how can I survive in this life, what it ultimately lets us know is that we don't actually believe that God is who he says he is. That at the end of the day, God isn't going to provide if I'm going to live a life of faith. So we start living a mediocre life. And our relationships start to feel bland. And our life starts to feel shallow. And our existence starts to feel not very exciting. And we wonder, where is God in the midst of all of this? And so we would rather settle for surviving rather than stepping into the exciting, faith-filled life that God has for us. The problem is, of course, that that life requires a lot of trust that he will provide in the midst of this. And we do this with almost every single arena in our life, not just with our relationships, but we settle for surviving in our emotional state. Well, it's not too bad. It's not really what I want, but as long as it's not unmanageable, I'll stay here. We do this with our finances, Let's not get too crazy. Let's make sure we have enough set away, but we can put a little away here, but don't give too much because then we might actually find ourselves without. We do this in our careers, with our current reality, all kinds of areas. We are attempting to mitigate risk because we wonder if we step out in faith, will God actually provide for us in the middle of this? And then we wonder, where is God in all this mundane life that I've created for myself? Here's the problem, is that when God dreamt you up, when God decided that you needed to be on this planet, I don't imagine that his highest longing for your life was that you would simply survive this life. I don't imagine that when he dreamt you up that his, his highest calling on your existence was that at the end of the day, you could say, I survived. Here I am. I'm still breathing. <laughs> See, I imagine that when God dreamt you up, he, he longed for you to be filled with passion and life, and that your life would be a continual step into the unknown, filled with purpose as you take the next leap of faith that he calls you into. But that, that life requires risk. It requires you letting go of the comfort of the known and the predictable and the mundane and stepping into this space where God has to provide or else You're left without, and life doesn't show up the way that we thought it could be. So it shouldn't actually be a surprise that if God longs for you to live this passion-filled life filled with hope and love and beauty, that when you step into a relationship with Jesus, that he would also ask you to step into a relationship with risk, with trust, with faith, that he would call you to live a life that's constantly taking the next leap that he's calling you into, a greater level of trust in him to provide in the midst of the leap that he's calling you into. See, when God says, leap off the cliff, there has to be a trust that he will catch us 
in the midst of that. And if we are unwilling to live a life of faith, survival will always win out. And there was this moment in the scriptures with this king named Ahab. And he was described as this. There was a lot of talk about Ahab, but one of the ways he was described was doing more evil in the eyes of God than any of those who had gone before him. Could you imagine being that dude in the scriptures, right? Like, how do we describe him? Well, he did more evil than anyone else who came before him. That's how we describe him here. And God sends this messenger, Elijah, to give him a message in the midst of this chaos that he's creating and all the people that are buying into his chaos in 1 Kings chapter 17, starting in verse 1. And it says this, Now Elijah the Tishbite from Tishbe and Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. So God sends Elijah to basically tell these people, you are not going to have any water for the next few years. And there will be an extreme drought on your land because of this evil that you and your people are doing. Now, this wasn't exactly like the feel-good message that I'm sure Elijah wanted to bring to the king in this moment. This was an incredibly inconvenient message that Elijah gets to bring to him because one, the king could do whatever he wanted to Elijah after giving that message, right? He could literally shoot the messenger if he needed to. And I'm sure this wasn't like an exciting message that Ahab gets. So Elijah's here going, I have no idea what's gonna happen after I deliver this message to him. But here's the other thing. Elijah's living in this land along with Ahab. So when Elijah says, there's gonna be no water for you, ha ha, there's also no water for him. There's no food, there's no provision, and so he is essentially saying, we're all gonna be without water. This is incredibly inconvenient, right? This is a little bit like saying, you know what? I'm gonna get back at my roommate by leaving the gas on tonight. <laughs> See if he likes that, right? Because you're all just gonna end up poisoned, and this is where Elijah finds himself. He's incredibly inconvenient in this message, and I'm sure it would have been incredibly easy for Elijah to say, yeah, this is not actually the message that I'm supposed to give. This is not me. This couldn't be from God. I'm not really interested in this. This is going not to be very, this is not gonna be very safe in this moment because I imagine Elijah was going, this is a huge risk to share this message with the king, and I don't know if I'm gonna be provided for in the midst of this risk, in the midst of this jump, and I'm sure a ton of questions came flooding into his head when God asks him to give this message. Will I literally survive delivering this message? How will I eat? How will I drink? How will I be provided for? Where will my provisions come from if I'm stuck in this land where I've declared that there will be no water until I speak out in the middle of this? See, when God calls us to live a life of faith, to live a life of service to others in our faith, I'm not just talking about living a risky life for the sake of risk. I'm talking about obeying the voice of God when he says to step out of your comfort, to step out of your control, to step out of your need to have things look a certain way and serve the world with your faith and with your risk, I am sure these same conversations come flooding into our head. These same questions come flooding into us. Will I survive? How will I get what I need if I release what I know over here? How will I be able to sustain myself? Is God actually who he says he is on the other side? And will he actually provide for me in the jump, in the leap, in the risk, in the trusting, in the middle of this? And when God calls us into a life out of faith, Here's the thing. I wonder how many of us resist stepping out in faith because all of these questions just keep piling up. 
They just keep stacking up one after the other. Now here's the crazy thing is all the answers that you're looking for are on the other side of the leap. They're in the jump that those answers will be given to you, but you will not know them until you step out in faith, until you actually decide that your trust will be placed in him. But it's in the leap, it's in the jump, it's in the trust, it's in the stepping out where life is found, where that passion is built, where hope is actually actualized in the middle of this. It's in the embracing of the mystery of what's on the other side, that provision comes in the midst of it, but you will not know it until you take the leap. So Isaiah or Elijah delivers this message to Ahab, and it continues. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Leave here and turn westward and hide in Kirith Ravine, east of the Jordan. You will drink from the, birth, from the brook, and I will direct the ravens to supply you with food there. So he did what the Lord had told him. He went to the ravine east of the Jordan, and he stayed there. And the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. See, it was in the midst of Elijah saying, I'm going to take this leap. I have no idea what's going to come on this other side that God says, I'm going to send ravens to feed you in the morning after night. Now, that's a cool restaurant concept right there, right? I mean, I know it's all about like the robots delivering you your meat now. I think we should have restaurants with ravens bringing little packages to your table, right? See, what I love, it isn't until Elijah decided, all right, I will obey the Lord. I will bring this message to the king. I will give his word. I will take the risk that it's on the other side of the risk that God provides in the middle of this. See, here's what I think shows up in my life so often, and I think for so many of us, is we want God to provide before the risk. We want God to provide before the leap. We want God to provide before trust is actually necessary. And so we find ourselves saying, God, I will totally go talk to Elijah. You just set up a storehouse of food for me over here, and then I'll totally go talk to him. You organize everything so that I know that it will work out in my favor. Assure me it will work out, and then I will take the leap. Make sure all of my financial provisions are made. Make sure all the relationships are set up. Make sure I can see exactly where I'm going, exactly what I have, exactly what I don't have in the midst of all of this. Change their heart before I have the conversation so there's no risk of me being in trouble. Take away any possibility of failure in my risk. In other words, take all the risk out of faith, and then I will step out in faith. Ever been there before? See, but this is how good God is in this. He tells Elijah after the risk, he says, look, you've taken the risk. Now I will give you all the provision. I will give you everything that you need now that you have stepped out in faith and stepped in this. And he tells Elijah, here's where you can find water and I will send ravens to feed you. A few weeks ago, I found myself on Raven TikTok. I don't know how I got there, but I found myself there. All these videos about ravens, about crows. And one of the things that I did not know about crows that I found out from Raven TikTok is that crows, actually, when you are in a relationship with a crow, they will actually bring you gifts. That's actually like part of their makeup. Like, I don't know what they do, but, but there's all these people who have decided they're going to like feed ravens. They'll put like a, a, a nut out for them or some seeds, and then the ravens will bring back like a spoon that they found in the forest. <laughs> or like a flower, or they'll bring a beetle back, or something, but the raven will leave gifts for the person wherever they need in the middle of this, right? 
that they were actually designed to provide something in exchange for something else. And here Elijah finds himself in need, and he's in this relationship with the ravens, right? And I imagine he's like, ooh, what's coming today? We've got some sourdough and we got some filet mignon. This is awesome. Could we get some rye and some mustard later with some parm? I don't know. I, I, but here he's being provided for by the ravens. Now, here's the thing. I imagine that never in a million years would have Elijah said, you know what's going to happen after I make this leap? Birds are going to feed me meat and bread in the wilderness. He would have never been able to devise that up. He would have never been able to strategize himself into that place that he would literally be like Cinderella in the desert with the birds bringing him food. Right? But because he served the God who even has the birds at his disposal, all his needs got met in this act of faith and him willing to stand in what is true and what was beautiful and what was honorable in the midst of this and in the leap, in the jump, in the risk, it is our job to obey and it is God's job to provide. And see, that's, that's the thing that gets us hung up on. We keep thinking about the provision when God's just like, no, all you have to be concerned about is obedience, if you could get everything else out of the way, I will provide. I will make sure you have what you need if you're willing to take the next step. And here's the beautiful thing is he will use any means necessary beyond what you could ever ask or imagine to make sure that you are provided for in the midst of that, even if he will use the birds to send you food. God will make sure that you are taking care of us. I wonder how many people are waiting for the risk to be removed before they live a life of faith, waiting for provision before it's actually even needed, waiting for God to move before they're willing to, waiting for their emotions to suddenly match their calling and to step into this. And here's the tragedy, is that if we are not careful, we will live out our days and at the end of our days on this planet, we will ask ourselves, where was God in this mundane, average, ordinary life that I lived? Why did I never get to experience the miraculous? Why did I never get to experience something so breathtaking that I can't even explain what just happened? And the deeper tragedy might be not that we just live a mundane life, but that the world around us never actually gets the gift that we were designed to give in our living by faith. See, Elijah, in this moment, in his risk and his willing to go anyways, he gives a gift to Ahab and the people and reminding them of who God is. And the world will never be the same. See, your risk, your living by faith, your taking the leap is actually not about you. God's like, I got the provision covered. It is about you being willing to demonstrate to the world around you how powerful and how providing God is for us. That if you call yourself a follower of Jesus, living a life of mediocrity is not an option. That living by faith and taking the leap and stepping out in trust is the only way to live fully alive in the life that we were called to live, that we know echoes inside of us. And see, we will never know, if we're unwilling to, that God will even use the ravens to feed us, if he must, to make sure that we are provided for. My grandfather has a lot of sayings that he's instilled in me over the years, but one of the things that 
constantly comes back to my mind that he has told me over and over and over again. He says, it is the obligation of the servant to serve and obey his master, but it is the job of the master then to provide everything the servant needs to accomplish the task. It is our job just to obey. It is his job to provide. Therefore, the servant must never look for a second source of supply. In other words, you can lay down your supply of control You can lay down your supply of strategy and needing to get it all right. You can lay down your need to have everything figured out before it happens and simply step into a place of obedient risk, following your master in serving the world around you. So here's what I'd like for you to do, to talk to two or three people next to you as we close out our gathering. What is the leap of faith that God is calling you to take? right now in your life. Here's the thing. I, I actually find that most people know exactly what it is right off the bat. So I'm gonna ask you to take the first thing, whatever that leap of faith is. It could be a relationship. It could be a conversation that you need to have. It could be a financial conversation. It could be something internally that you need to confess or to, to get help with or support alongside of, whatever it may be for you. What is the act of faith that God is calling you to take? And what is the act of service to him that he longs for you that you may be resisting because you can't see provision right now? Maybe you're like, I don't know if this is going to turn out. I don't know if God's going to provide. I don't know if I'm going to have what I need, whatever it may be. But what is that? And share that out loud. And I'm going to ask you as you're sharing it to just be willing to take that risk. Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope that it was a meaningful experience and look forward to having you listen in next week for another conversation from the heart and soul of Humanity Church. You can find more information about our community at www.humanitychurch.com.